0: Hello to everyone. Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parashat Shoftim, Tafshin Pei Aleph. This show was dedicated by Jack Dweck, and he did it in honor of me. I wanted to thank him. I appreciate very much. I'm blessing with all the Brachot. And, uh, and you will have in everything that you do uh, in spirit and also in materialism. Again, we will connect Parashat Shoftim with the, the days that we are on Chodesh Elul. Um, uh, in the beginning of the parasha, we read, Shoftim titen lecha she'arecha. Judges and officers, you have to appoint in your cities. That the Torah picked the word she'arecha could be also because usually the judges they used to sit in the, at the at the at the gate of the city. So therefore, it's written "B'chol she'arecha." Um, the mefarshim they paid attention that there is one word here, which is not needed. The Torah could have write "Shoftim ve'shotrim." Titen What is Shoftim Bheshotrim titen lechaarecha? As if the Torah is saying Lecha to you in all your gates, in all your in all your gates. What why they were the Lecha? So I saw by the kadosh that he says that beside the Pshat that judges and officers you should appoint in your gates of the cities, in your in the cities, the Torah meant privately to every person. This is a time, a time that the man is has to check if his behavior till now with people, with Bora Olam, is 100% and he has to judge it. The Torah gave the person himself, be the judge of yourself, to check it, be the police of yourself, the officer of yourself. To take care that you fulfill if you found something which is wrong by you, that here the office, you have to be the officer himself, and you have to be the one that gives the fine on your own for yourself. And the Torah said, Lotikach Shochad, don't take bribe what this has to do with the private person, means to say, don't say to yourself, don't cheat yourself and say, you know what? I'm learning in the yeshiva, I'm learning Torah. So I can skip one, uh, one mincha. Uh, so I didn't say a mincha. Uh, because I'm learning Torah a lot, and I'm, 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 I'm worshiping uh, Bura Olam as much as I can. So, This is the meaning What is the what is the gates? So the shlaha kadosh it brings in the name of Sefer Yetzira. Sefer Yetzira is a book that the tradition says it was written by Abraham Avinu. And he says, the Sefer Yetzira says that a person has seven gates in the head. The two eyes the two ears, the two holes of the nose, and the mouth. And a person has to put a a, a judge and a police to take care that whatever he looks is looking on the right things. Whatever he hears, he should hear the right things. Whatever he speaks, he should speak the right things, of course, according to the Torah and the Musar, and whenever he is angry, af comes from charon af, he should uh, uh, control himself. This is what the Shlaha Kadosh said. Now, we have to See that there is a, a, a special parable that was said by the, uh, the Rabbel Val Brisk <laughs> about Chodesh Elul. And he brought the story there was a Jew that he, was, uh, he had a business and he lost all his money. And he had, very, he had a lot of problems to, to give Parnassar to the family. He was looking and looking for a business. And he, since it took a long time, he owed a lot of money. So he was looking for quick money. Still he found that here in Russia, silver is cheap, while in Poland it's much more expensive. It's 10 times more. So he thought if he will be able to sneak silver from Russia, into Poland, he will be able to make a lot of money. He didn't think to do it according to the regular law, means to bring it and to pay custom, because the custom, if he will pay the custom on the silver, what he will earn will be only 25%. So therefore he was looking to, for somebody that knows how to cross the river, how to cross the border in a way that no one will catch them and they will, he will be able to sneak the silver into Poland. He was looking and he found one person. He had a horse and a wagon. And he was an expert in the way, in all the ways how to go, how to cross the border. He met the Egoi in a pub. The Egoi told him he knows the way he he can do it, but he wants 50% payment on the spot. Let us say he wanted at this time he wanted to say two thousand five hundred dollars. It was at that time a lot of money, but it paid for him. But he was worried. Maybe the guy will not uh, fulfill what he promised that he will take it. The guy told him, "Look, you came to me in the in the beginning of the month." In the, I mean, in the, sorry, in the middle of the month. We have to wait till the end of the month. Uh, at the beginning of the month he came and you have to wait because now the, the moon shines. We have to wait till the end of the month when the moon doesn't shine. At that time, I will be, we will be able to, to cross the border and no one will see us. <laughs> the Jew gave him the money. But he didn't sleep well because all the time he was thinking about the guy. What will be if he is going to fulfill it? He's not going to fulfill what he promised. No, a week before he came to the pub to look if the guy is still there. He saw he is there. The guy told him, "At the end of this month, we are going to cross the border." At at the end of the month, the Goy came. He came very late at night. The Jew uh, took all the stuff, covered it, he put it on the wagon, he jumped on the wagon, he didn't forget to take with him a book of Tehillim, and they are sitting already on the wagon, and the horse driver started to go. At that time, the, the host driver is listening to the radio and the, and the Jew he is on the wagon and he is saying Tehillim all the time. When they went out of the city and they went into the wood, he sees that the guy closed the radio and he himself, starting to shake a little bit. He didn't feel comfortable. He he felt that uh, (laughs) he was worried a lot. In the wood, suddenly he sees that the Goy is standing already. He's not sitting on the wagon. He's looking from side to side, and the Jew he started, his teeth started to stutter. He was very, very, very worried. He was worried what will be if he will be caught by the, by the police. Immediately they will take all the, all, the, all the silver that he bought, invested a lot of money that he took as a loan, and he will be sent to jail for long years, and what will be with his family. No, little by little, they are coming close to the border. When they are few feet from the border, the Jew started to sweat, all his body started to sweat. He couldn't even pray to Baruch Olam because he couldn't open his mouth. And at that moment, they crossed the border. This is the parable that said the parable let Two people here worried: the Jew and the goi. One was not worried at all. Who is he? The horse. The horse was not worried. This is what Rabbi Prisk said. There are people that, in the beginning of the month, they are starting to worry, as the Jew in the in the in the in the story started to worry. There are people. These are the Sfaradim. in the beginning of the month. They are worried already from Yom HaDin. They have to cross the border, the border of the year, from Shnat Tafshin Pei Aleph into Shnat Tafsin Pei Bet. So they, they, he was worried. There are people, they are worried close to the time that they have to cross the border. Ashkenazim, they are starting to say selichot four days before Rosh Hashanah. Let us not be like the horse that by him Rosh Hashanah is the 28th of, of, of August or I don't know, the, the, the 2nd of September. By him is the Rosh Hashanah is September. By him it's not Aleph Tishrei. He looks on on on, 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 on the on the on, the, on the, the calendar in a different way. Okay another day this is the way that we have to behave when we are talking about coming into Rosh Hashanah and into Yom Kippurim, As we said, Sparadim started already on Chodesh Elul and we are saying all the time, Salichot, every day. We know that the word, sinning, sin, you write chet, tet, and aleph. But it's very strange that the word chet represents a sin, avon. The Chet and the Tet you hear when you speak. The Aleph you don't hear. So why you have to write an Aleph at the end of the word Chet? What's the purpose for this? The answer to this is that we know that the letter aleph represents bore olam the numerus the numerus of aleph is 1 echad echad ani echad shamayim bore olam is 1 and he's being represented by the aleph and the aleph in the torah it is written like a yud on the top, a yud at the bottom, and in the middle you have a vav, a, a, a vav that goes uh, not straight, a little bit leans the vav, yud and yud and a vav is twenty six. This is bore olam. People might think might think that bore or when a person is sinning, bore olam leaves him is not any more connected to Bore Olam. Therefore, the word Chet is written, Chet Tet, and an Aleph. The Aleph, really, could be, is, doesn't need to ex- to um, explain and to, and to and to represent the meaning sin, the chet and the pet, it's enough for for this for explain the meaning of the word chet. The aleph represents bore olam, that even in the time that the person is sinning, bore olam. Is with him. He is with him in two meanings. There is a book which is called Tomer Devora. Have you heard about this book? This book was written by Rabbi Moshe Kordoviro, who was a student of the Arya Kadosh. The book is written about Shlosh Midot. Which are written in Sefer Micha, Mi El Kamocha se Avon Bover Al Pesha, and he explained every midah. Very nice book, very important book. And he writes there that Bore Olam, one of the midot of Bore Olam, is Bore Olam absorbs everything, even you insulted Bore Olam. He accepted it. He absorbs it and continue with you. And he explain. I will add something. If a person, let us say, he, he is rebelling against the king. Does the king will give him the police? The, the guards will give him to continue rebelling, cursing or doing bad things to the king? No. Here we see that the person is sinning. He wants to to take somebody which does does not belong to him. He's a thief. He takes his hand out. How come bore olam lets him to take the hands out? How bore olam gives him to take the hand back? How bore olam gives him to breathe at the time that he is sinning? means to say that Borei Olam supports him in the time, at the time that he is sinning. This is said about Tomer Devorah, and here what we see here in the word Chet, that bore Olam is with the person in the sinning, and he is waiting for him to do Teshuvah also. And therefore, the word Chet is written at the end with an Aleph to hint us this thing, that Bore Olam is always with, with the person. On on uh, Rosh Hashanah, when we come on Rosh Hashanah, we are using the words Avinu Malkeinu. This is one of the most important Tefilot that we are saying on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippurim in all the 10 days. What is this connection between Avinu and Malkenu? What it comes to teach us, these words? The Mashgiach of Yeshivat Hebron He wrote the book Oryahel. He gave an explanation, his name was Rebleib Hasman. He explained what is Avinu-Malkeinu, what's the idea behind Avinu means father, Malkeinu means our king. A father wants to give to his son everything. When he's getting married, for instance, he wants to make him a big wedding, he wants to give him a big house, he wants that he should have everything in the house. But not always he can do it, but he wants to do it. On the other hand, a king. He is, he is the richest person in the in the, in the 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 country. He can give everything, but not always he wants to give. So a father wants to give but not, al- not always he can. A king, he can give, but not always he wants to give. Therefore, we are praying to gore olam. You are our father and you are also our king. We have here a combination together, a father that wants to give and a king that can give. So, Avinu Malkeinu, please give us all the list that we prepared to ask from from him. This is the idea behind the Avinu Malkeinu that we are saying on on, uh, Rosh Hashanah and on and then on the and on a Yom HaKippurim. And the next shiur, uh, that will be next week, we will, a little bit will go out of the parasha and I want to prepare everyone for Orosh Hashanah. We will speak and you can, everyone can offer any idea that he wants me to speak about. I'm offering to speak about the, what is Yom Hadim? What is the meaning that we anoint Bore Olam? What is the meaning of blowing the shofar? Why do we read Akedat Yitzchak on, 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 the, on the Rosh Hashanah? We will speak also about Yud Gimel Midot because we have to know that Yud Gimel Midot. this is the most important prayer that we have. Why? Why is the most important prayer? Because all the prayers, who 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 wrote the prayers, who established them, where do you find them? All of these prayers were made by the Chachamim, by Anshayi Knesset HaGdola. They established the prayers and they wrote also the, the, the style of the prayer. You'd midot. This is a prayer that Boré Olam wrote. He is the author. Natan Sheikh Nestabitullah. And this is a prayer that it is written in the Torah. So, therefore, this is the most important prayer that we have, that Am Israel had. And uh, therefore, It's good also to know the says Rabbeinu Bechai. It's good also to know the meaning of the wording that we are saying. I will take an example for one thing, for instance, the Geman Midot starts with Amunai Amunai, Kel Rachum Bchanum. Why Amunai Amunai? Why twice name of Bore Olam? And, uh, that Baal Tiferet israel on the Mishnayot in Mesechet Berachot, the Mishnah brings there, if somebody says double wording, for instance, Modim, Modim, he says twice Modim. You shut his mouth. You cannot say twice Modim. Because it looks as if you are talking to two different gods, so how come you are saying here twice name of boreolam? This is a question that was asked by the Tiferet Israel in Mesachet Barachot, hay so he gives an answer. Uh, he's choked. He gives an answer. Okay, you have a question, but the bore olam said it. So what's the problem, uh, bore olam? He can uh, he can do anything. He says also that you can uh, make fire on Shabbat in the Bitnikdash. So if he said to say uh, twice name of bore olam, so you can you can say. But here what I want uh, to uh, to to uh, to say that the Rosh explains twice name of Bore Olam is Amonai before the sin, says the Gemara, and Amonai after the sin. I am the same Bore Olam to you. I can understand After the sin, Bore Olam says, "I am Bore Olam with you." But why we need Bore Olam before? Why do I need that He will be with me before? Explains the Rosh. Since Bore Olam knows that you are going to sin, why He didn't take? From you, if should have taken from you the pure neshama that you have, doesn't mean to die, because there are, there is four levels by by uh, by a person. Um, there's nefesh and above the nefesh is the neshama. The neshama is the purest thing that the person has. So what is the meaning that Bore Olam is with you need Bore Olam before the sin, explains the Ben when a person goes to sin Bore Olam removes the neshama before you are sinning, in order that the neshama will remain pure. And after the sin, when you do teshuva, Bore Olam gives it back to the person. This is, for instance, one of the things that... That uh, about the beginning of the explanation of uh, Yud Gimel Midot, and we, Bezat Hashem, will continue with this. Um, uh, could be we will start with with uh, Yud Gimel Midot, uh, I think, and then we will go into the other things. As close we will go into Uvos Hashem. I want to wish everyone with Birkat Shabbat Shalom. Appreciate very much that you came to learn with me, and Mir uh, Hashem, we will see next week. I can say one thing that half an hour is not enough, but I, I, I have to fit myself to the to the situation. So have a wonderful Shabbat.